Blog Talk Radio. Shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. I just wanted to apologize to everybody. We did have a few technical issues, but we are here. I had even a, a new intro. I don't even know what happened to it, but you know, um, we are back with with a new season starting tonight. We're going to have a lot of um, things going on this season um, online. We do have Michael Snyder. Uh, we want to bring him in. How are you doing this evening? 
Do prayer it again. Yeah, so we're we're back with the new season. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's been a rocky start, but I'm really excited about what's going on and stuff like that. And um, just wanted to know what what have you been up to, and uh, what do you expect this season? And uh, uh, I mean, what are you expecting to bring to the table, and uh, what do you hope takes place this season? Well, I think a lot of the things you and I have been talking about. Hopefully, uh, some more educational. Uh, programming for people, uh, issues and options out there that maybe the community is not aware of, and looking forward to getting some good information out here to, that they'll find of hopefully have a, a good deal of interest in. That's good. Well, I just want to piggyback off that. I just want to let you guys know that, like you said, we are going to have a lot of more educational things. I want to really educate the, the uh, public on things as far as finances and money, and um, just just saving in this economy and just different things that can help them out. Um, we're going to talk about that this season. Of course, we're going to be dealing with a lot of things uh, um, surrounding the 2012 election, uh, which we're going to probably start on that tonight. And tonight, I just want to kind of do a reflection on uh, 9/11, which is taking place tomorrow, uh, the anniversary of that. And uh, just want us to just kind of just be just 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 you know. Be thankful for life, and just just kind of reflect on those who lost their lives and people that um, kind of died just to um, save the lives of others during that horrific event back in 2001. So we're going to focus on all that um, later on in this show. We do have a special guest that will be coming in. Her name is Andrea Ishman, and she and her husband have a an R&B group. And it's an uh, R&B duo group, and we're going to be doing a review with them, like with the, in, in an interview, and we're going to talk about their new project that's come, well, it's already out. So um, I think you guys would really like the material that we're going to be presenting on this show and stuff like that. But um, before we go into all of that, we do have a caller online. We will um, get to them in a quick second. I just want to remind everybody, if you are listening, you can give us a call at 646-915-8200 if you want to jump in, or if you just want to listen, that's fine. Uh, Miss DeAndra will be in at the 11 o'clock hour. She will be discussing, you know, what's going on in the entertainment world and this, that, and the other. So if you're looking for a little ratchetness, you're looking for a little drama, a little, you know what I'm saying, she will be back um, on the 11 o'clock hour. We will be doing our interview with our special guest um, um, somewhat around 10.30, so be tuned in um, to that. So we're going to go to the line really quick. Um, Call the 331. Do you have a comment or a question, or are you just listening at this point? Just listening? Yes, sir. Okay, then. Well, we want to just appreciate you and just thank you for um, calling and supporting us, you know. We'll come back in um, in a little bit and see if you got something to add to the conversation. But thanks for listening, and uh, we're gonna jump to a couple. We're gonna jump to a couple of songs. You know how we do. You know, just uh, bringing in the new season rights. You know how we got. You know how we do it and stuff like that. You know, we like to get our party on and stuff like that. So uh, keep it locked. Once again, the call in number is six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. 
We do have a Facebook group page. You can look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers or just UCOFW on uh, Facebook. That way you can keep in contact with us um, if you have any show ideas or if you just want to stay in touch with us so you can know the scheduling of the show and stuff like that. Also, we do have a YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash UCOFW. And also, I want to throw this in, too, as well. If you're into sports and you want to be a commentator, feel free to contact us. Um, we're looking for people to come on the show, do a, a new segment here and there, and eventually, maybe starting the new year, I want to produce a new sports show. So um, if you're into that, you know, just um, – Drop us a line, let us know. Uh, like I said, we're on Facebook. You can look me up. My name is Seneca Harris on there. That's S E N I C A, and that's Harris, H A R R I S. Or I'm pretty sure if you want to look up Michael Snyder, um, uh, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll be able to answer some questions as well. And um, as far as like what's going on with you, Michael, um, tell us what you have planned with uh, your organization, Sunrise Humanity. Well, I've been, like you have here, I've taken a little time off for the summer and taken a little bit of the season off and getting ready to get back into the swing of things, want to revamp ideas, look around a little bit more out there, see what more people are interested in, things that people have questions about, uh, see what I can maybe do to shed some light on some of that information in spiritual or metaphysical context. Um, I have, you know, as he mentioned, my website is sunrisehumanity.com. Uh, invite everybody to take, go to the site, take a look around. If you have any questions, my email contact is on there. By all means, I've got a pretty diverse background in things of that nature. So, you know, anything anybody would have a question or comment about or ideas, let me know. Open to hearing from, hearing about it. Okay. And um, just and what pretty much, um, just, just to let people know, what kind of sets you apart from other religious or uh, organizations? What what kind of sets what you're doing, I mean, or what you're presenting on your website, what kind of sets you apart from other individuals? Probably an openness and a diversity to all things. You know, I do have a large battery of knowledge in Christian and pagan uh, principles and in a lot of metaphysical principles and spiritual healing modalities. I've got a large background on that, and really the biggest thing that I really look for is being able to push an openness and an acceptance of what everything is out there and helping people find answers to questions that they have. Also, I do happen to be a uh, certified Reiki master and instructor, so that's also one of my... uh, pet things that I really enjoy and work with a lot as well. Right. So um, if people are interested in what you're offering or they want to uh, contact you, what, what, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, probably, for, again, my website, sunrisehumanity.com. My email is michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at sunrisehumanity.com. You know, they can always drop me an email, have any questions, of which my website is mainly geared towards uh, Reiki and things like that. But it's also, you know, open to the other things as well. And, you know, I do not have one particular uh, 
preference one way or another. I, I have a very openness to all background. So it doesn't matter if it's a Christian-based faith or a pagan-based faith. I can talk to you on your level with that. I can understand or I can refer you maybe to other sources that uh, can provide anything along that spiritual type of path. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick um, break. We're going to go to some music, and we're going to go back, and we're going to jump right into the show. Bear with us, we're having some technical difficulties, but uh, hold on, we're going to go to the right.
Well, Seneca, while we're working on our technical issues, um, care if I uh, talk about some things for a few minutes? Okay. Uh, well, some of the things we're going to work with you guys and talk with you guys about tonight is, or well, the, our main topic is going to be the coming up election. Now, I'm sure that everybody out there has, that has a TV or a radio in the multimedia experience, even if you're on the Internet, you're seeing political ads. Tis the season. We just wrapped up the Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting about down to the wire. In politics, this is what they call crunch time. So, in our crunch time here, we are going to re go over some of the instances with the Republican National Convention and the Democratic Convention and discuss different viewpoints and hopefully if we can a few people call in, get some viewpoints on what your opinions are out there. We're going to do some of our own political commentary with that as well. So hopefully this, you know, and ladies and gentlemen, it is a not, this is the time of year when I know everybody grumbles when they see these ads on TV, but we really encourage everyone to make an informed choice and really make an informed decision on what it is you're going to do come November. Because, you know, with the way the state of the economy is and we have important issues, very important things going on right now in this country that affect everybody. Okay. And everybody needs to really I – know, I know everybody's sick of hearing the ads, but going over this stuff is a good thing. You know, if you're going to live and work out there today – you need to know what you're getting into and what's coming down the line for you because you got two different parties here that definitely want your vote. And the decision you make and the decision everyone else makes is going to have a long-term impact on us for probably quite a few years. Right. So we really do hope that everyone will, you know, look at the options, you know, think about what's said, think about what's been out there. And really give it a little bit of consideration getting here and coming up November. Right. So, uh, well, we, yeah, but we're gonna go to a quick break now. I think we get everything under control, and then when we come back, uh, we're gonna jump more into that. I actually want to uh, discuss that more in detail. So after we come back, we're gonna, we're gonna go to a, a song or two, and then we're gonna come back and uh, we're gonna jump into our. Uh, conversation dealing with the uh, Democratic uh, convention, and then we're going to talk about the Republican um, convention that took place uh, uh, about a week ago, and we're going to do some comparisons, and we're going to talk about um, as far as their positions, and we also want to talk about how, which which uh, kind of demographic each party kind of uh, caters to, and what they're doing to uh, kind of like different segments of people into their party. So we're going to go to a break. We're going to try this again. And I just wanted to apologize to everybody because my computer is about time for me to get enough. I'm not going to lie to you. So uh, just bear with us. You know, we, this is going to be a good show. We're just, just trying to work out the kinks and stuff like that. So um, just keep it locked, and uh, we'll be back here in a moment.
Okay, again, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize. We're having a lot of computer difficulties here. We'll get it straightened away shortly. But uh, care if I just go ahead and jump into some of the convention stuff? Yeah, that's fine. Sure, okay. Um, I know one of the interesting things that I have seen when I I tried to you know give both parties fair shock, and I tuned in and watched different highlights of both conventions. One of the things I noticed is I watched this thing that Clint Eastwood did. And, you know, I really was thinking when I heard that Clint Eastwood spoke at the Republican National Convention, I'm like, wow, Clint Eastwood. Okay. Surprise guest. This could be kind of neat. Everybody's seen the Dirty Harry movies and all the stuff that the man's done for years. Okay, I'm game. So I watched Clint Eastwood as he gave this talk to an empty chair, and the empty chair is supposed to be representing President Obama. And I don't think that Mr. – you know, personally, it sounded to me like Mr. Eastwood maybe forgot to take some medication that day. Yeah. Now, I can respect the man as an actor. I can respect the man as a director. You know, definitely one of the best people of his craft and in his field. However, the man seems like he was having a case of Alzheimer's and couldn't get it through clear. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this is a political endorsement? Really? Okay, and one of the other things, I so I kind of chuckled at that and went about my way and thought, okay, well, and continued on. And I couldn't help but of all the things I noticed about the Republican convention, I didn't see the former president. Yeah. Typically, political parties will have their latest party representative that was president on there, you know, to at least stand up and say a few words. You know, it's one of those things that's almost been common practice over the years. But I didn't see uh, former President Bush. 
either one of them. And a lot of people were talking about that. A lot of people I've were noticed, I've noticed, like, we haven't seen a lot of them, like, um, either one of them, like, I mean, he's weighing very low right now. Like, yeah. it's just, I've always wondered, like, you know, wouldn't he be out, like, in support of the Republican Party, like, or their um, convention? I mean, I didn't even see him at the convention. I mean, he could have been there, don't get me wrong, but I didn't even see him. I would thought and, for sure if he'd have been there that they'd have had his face plastered on the screen. Exactly. And I had heard other people since then refer to the fact that he wasn't there, which, again, didn't surprise me. Of course, you know, if I was the person that put the economy in the shape that's in and started us down the road to a Great Depression, I probably wouldn't want to show my face either too much. Yeah, I think that was very strategic of what, you know, what they did, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe Mr. Clint Eastwood's empty chair would have been best to address the previous president. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. President, can you tell us what happened that you dropped the ball? But Exactly. Because it's like he's been MIA, so if anything, like just like when doing Hurricane Katrina, yeah, where were you at, you know, doing all that? And, you know, I mean, it seems to me like someone should have um, plastered an empty chair, you know, and referencing you, you know, <laughs> Doing yeah. you know the job that you've done, like doing your part, you know. Of course, I have a feeling that if we'd have put up the former President Bush in there, I don't think Mr. Eastwood could have still come up with a good monologue. <laughs> he maybe wanted to let someone else write that one. Exactly. <laughs> but so yeah, that. And then of course I did. I thought, okay, well, before I totally count this out, I want to go and see what. Mr. Romney's acceptance speech sounded like. And I listened to it. And if you're going to go judge something by a, an old-fashioned ideology of waving to the public and kissing babies and telling them I'm going to solve it and make it all better, then the man done great. Exactly. You know, up there doing his Praise God, faith, hope, and charity. I thought for sure, as I sit there and I read this, I or was watching this, I chuckled to myself because I thought, did he have Glenn Beck write this speech? <laughs> well, in, in your opinion, what, what uh, kind of made you feel like that? Well, because on more than one occasion, I was hearing this faith, hope, and charity And those are great things. I'm not knocking those things. Faith, absolutely, that's great. Hope, well, got to have a little hope that things will get better. Charity, Mm -hmm. charities are a great thing. Individually, and I'm not knocking those individual subjects. Those are wonderful things, and I'm glad that they're out there to do and serve people how they are. But I don't think I'd want to base an election on it. But he did include some other things, his ideas and concepts about, which he still hasn't gone a lot into in his acceptance speech. I mean, I didn't see a lot of detail other than I hear him bang the drum of, we're going to repeal the quote-unquote Obamacare. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so what are they going to do to fix health care if they do that? I didn't hear 
a real good exactly. line. I mean, you, you want to appeal that, but what? Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do to address the key issues of healthcare? Like, I mean, I mean, the, the healthcare system here in in the United States has long it's been a long overdue for like some type of reform. I mean, it's one thing for you to sit there and say that you're going to repeal um, what he's already set in motion, but what do you, what are you offering to to the public that's better or that right. can match that or? Because you know, I and when President Obama was pushing this thing through, he said himself, he said it's not perfect, but we have to start somewhere. We have to do something, and we have to start somewhere. He said himself, it's not absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Could it stand to have a few changes here and there, close a few loopholes? Okay, yeah, I'm sure it could. Any law could. Mm-hmm. Any law could. But, exactly. you know, I haven't seen him counteract with what he planned on doing. I mean, he gives a little bit of information. He gives a little bit of stuff. And, ladies and gentlemen, don't just take my word for it. Go watch it yourself. It's available on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing in its entirety on YouTube. So I don't reckon, you know, don't take my word for it. Go watch it yourself. Be an informed citizen. But I wasn't really overly impressed. Well, I kind of felt that the, um, I don't know, is it me or is the, when, when you look at the demographics, of people in the audience during like both conventions, did you see that there was more representation of America really is like as far as a melting pot of like, you know, with this country being considered the melting pot? Did you see that more of being represented in the audience of the Democratic um, convention, like versus like the Republican convention? I didn't really see any diversity myself in the Republican convention. <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, I didn't see, and it, you know, while they're giving these speeches, they panned over the crowd. They did. But I don't recall seeing a whole lot of diversity there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think in order for them to really reach the the, the crowd of people that they they're wanting to reach, like for example, women. I really think they need to bring um, something to the table that's going to be appealing to them. Like um, as far as like the Republican Party is concerned, I don't really see how they're going to reach like as for example, like the female vote. Right, like, and, you women. know, and uh-huh. that's something interesting. And I'm I'm kind of glad you mentioned that because. You know, politics and your political platforms, it shouldn't just be about one thing. It should be about everybody. Everybody and making sure that there's an equality across the board for everyone, not infringing upon people's rights. And I didn't hear anything about across the board for anybody at the Republican thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know. The Republican National Convention had their platform that they have stood upon. They are going to be pro-life. They're going to strengthen marriage, uh, heterosexual marriage. Strengthen marriage, yeah. 
you know, these, you know, these are big things that they're putting in their platforms. They're basically saying, to, from the way I get it, we're going to tell no, 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 no to this. Exactly. You know, upon many different subjects, no, no, no is the answer. Definite no. And to me, there's, it's like they have no. It's, it's, it's like a solid no. It's, it's, and you, it's really you got to look at it. For example, when you're dealing with the um, issue of pro-life or you know, or, or abortion or whatever, like you, you can't really have. You got to kind of look at circumstances versus you know just having a solid position on something. Like for example, like if a woman chooses to have an abortion. Like not not all women that have abortions are using it as a form of birth control. Like for you to tell a woman that, well, I don't care if you were raped or you were or you got pre- uh, pregnant out of um, incest, you can't have this abortion. You just have to deal with it. You know, I mean, I just I think that for you to expect women to follow up behind you and you know follow your party, I think that that that's you're sadly mistaken. Yeah, and you know they no. had, had tackled the situation of strengthening the family unit and uh, endorsing marriage, as in heterosexual marriage. In other words, no for same-sex marriage. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm biased on this, but I can't help but say, what's it hurting you? You know. Okay. How's it hurting them? You know, regardless of what your feelings are on the subject, at the end of the day, is it going to tell heterosexual couples, well, you can't get married? No, it's not doing that at all. It's just saying that you you, you can let gay people have the same right. God forbid we would include an equality thing in, in such a thing. You know, who would think of it? But again, there's a whole lot of no's I heard over there. Yeah. And they don't, it's to the point like they don't even want to give gay people basic rights, even outside of like marriage. Like it's just like um, gay individuals are not even given the right to uh, have. basic rights within even in employment. You know what I'm saying? Like still in many states, even like including in Indiana, employers can't fire you over being quote unquote um a part of the G L B T community. Yeah. So and they can legally do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, like you have to kinda make um the decision for yourself, you know. Um, do you want to support a party that um, discriminates against groups of people, or do you want a party that represents all groups of people, whether you agree with their lifestyle or not? Exactly. I mean, you know, this is supposed to be a free country where you can, you know, have freedoms. And don't get me wrong, I am not knocking down the United States. We have a we have a pretty good country here. And we have a lot of freedoms, but there's other countries that allow a heck of a lot more basic freedoms that they consider just basic that we are stuck back in the 1800s with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we're well, pushing we're, to be we're, more 
professional and more diverse society, wouldn't we want to move in a more diverse direction that's going to be including of people instead of as opposed to excluding? Exactly. Exactly. All right, we're gonna try this one more time. We're gonna go through the break again. If not, you know, we just wanna keep on rolling with the show. Um, still waiting for my special guest to call in, so um, we're going to go to a quick break, and um, when we come back, we're going to continue with the show. If not, we're, we're probably going to just end up doing a retape another show um, sometime this week, but um, we're going to go to a break again, and it's probably what we're going to probably do just retape the show um, because there's just too many technical difficulties going on tonight, so... Um, we're going to go to a break, and then when we come back, we are going to continue our conversation. Nobody's perfect, ay, ay, uh 
Hey, but you're perfect for me. Nobody's perfect, uh, nobody's perfect, hey. Hey, but you're perfect for me. We rolling, we riding, he like to go inside and I love to go all night and we rock the boat, both riding. I love to call your name, name, name. Hey, baby, I love to call your name, name. Thank you. 
All right, we're back. Um, we're going to go to another quick song. Um, we do have uh, someone that's going to be stepping in tonight doing a sports recap. Um, his name's Michael um, Hill, and he, he, he's done commentary for us in the past um, with UCOFW. He's just coming in tonight as a guest um, commentator, and he's just going to um, share with us what's going on in the world of sports. But uh, we're going to go to another break, and then after that, I'm a little later in the show, I do want to do like a 9-11 tribute because tomorrow, as you guys know, is the anniversary, the 11th anniversary of 9-11. So I definitely want to um, talk about that briefly and uh, just pretty much go with the flow of the um, show. So once again, if you guys want to call in, the number is 646-915-8200, or you can um, – Send us your if you want to send us questions or comments on our Facebook page, feel free to do that. Um, we do have a group page. Um, just look us up under UCOFW or under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. Um, you can reach us that way, and um, pretty much keep it keep it locked in. I think we got everything worked out now. So, um, like I said, if you guys want to join us, feel free to do so. Um, and we will be back momentarily. You got anything to add really quick, Michael? Or, uh, uh, no, not this time. Not that I can think of. Okay, then.
with the booming system. Top town AC with the cooling system. When he come up in the club, he be blazing up. Got stacks on deck like he's saving up. And he ill, he real, he might got a deal. He pop bottles and he got the right kind of bill. He cold, he dope, he might sell coke. He always in the air, but he never fly coke. He a motherfucking drip, drip, killer or the trip, trip. When he make a drip, drip, kiss him on a lip, lip. That's the kind of dude I was looking for. And yes, you'll get slapped if you're looking ho. I said, excuse me, you're a hell of a guy. I mean, my, 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 you're like pelican fly. I mean, you're so shy and I'm loving your tie. You're like slicker than the guy with the thing on his eye. Oh. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Somebody please tell him who the F I is. I am Nicki Minaj. I'm at some dudes up. That coops up. And truck oh, the dudes up. Entrepreneur niggas in the mogos He can ball with the cool, he can sell loud But I think I like him better when he dole loud And I think I like him better with the fitted cap on He ain't even gotta try to put the Mac on He just gotta give me that look When he give me that look, then the pennies coming off oh, oh, uh, Excuse me, you're a hell of a guy You know I really got a thing for American guys I mean, sigh, sickening eyes I can tell that you're in touch with your feminine side oh, Yes, I did, yes, I did Somebody please tell him who the F I is I am Nicki Minaj, I'm asking dudes up That coops up and chuck oh, the dudes up
yeah, this is this something that's happening like in real life. Like it's just, I mean, just to see that actually take place, it's just like wow. Is it like a video game, or is this real life still? Yeah, mm-hmm. you couldn't help but think that in a way. Exactly. Well, no, it's kind of hard to believe it. It's eleven years now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like I said, you know, just imagine losing someone to something so devastating. Do you think that it's something that you ever get get over? Mm, I think we really hope that people find a way to get over it. But how much time does it take? I suppose that's different for everyone. And I'm sure yeah. there's probably, probably more than a few out there that probably don't get over it. But, you know, we would hope that the victims and their families have hopefully in many years begin to move through that and hopefully get counseling if necessary. Exactly. Yeah, so, I don't know. I just wanted to really do a segment and, you know, um, really at least acknowledge that anniversary and just um, that, I know it's been 11 years, but our um, prayers still go out to those families because we never know how they're still infected. You know, just the people that are still dealing with things, even health-wise, from that particular um, devastating event. You know, um, we we think that now, well, it's been 11 years. People should be able to get over that. But you never know what people are still dealing with. I mean, there's people that could have lost limbs from that. Uh, people that could have lost vision, um, people that are still dealing with ongoing health issues. And, you know, we, we, we're looking at it from a point of view that, well, this happened years ago, but these people are reminded of this every day. So we definitely want to keep those families and keep the people that have been directly impacted by that um, in prayer. So that's all I have to say about that. But yeah. Um, we're gonna move on to our sports um edition of our show and we're gonna hand the mic right on over to Mike and uh so what's been going on as far as sports is concerned? And first of all, introduce yourself. Just just give us why why should we why should we accept you as the sports? Authority here on the Urban Bar. Tell us, tell us what, what what do you know about sports? Just tell us a little bit about yourself first of all. Well, it's fitting that you hand the mic over to Mike because my name is Mike Hill, and I don't know about being an authority on anything, but I definitely study, I definitely follow, and I definitely worship my favorite teams. Um, I just think I can give you the heads up. Anytime you need me to when it comes to NFL, NCAA, um, today only, I think I have a tennis update and a lot of baseball because those playoffs are coming up here soon. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about that, but what do you see as far as, like, the Colts this season? I mean, do you think that they have a promising um, season, especially with Andrew Luck being the new quarterback of um, the Colts. I mean, what do you? How do you feel about that? And then we're going to get into, you know, the. You said, uh, yeah. So how do you feel about that? 
Well, we just uh, we haven't even really completed our first NFL week. We still have one more game left on the docket. It's going on as we speak. However, uh, Andrew Luck is just one player of 53 on the team, so he does hold the ball a lot more than anybody else on the team. But, man, I got to say, he has a lot of comparable stats to Peyton Manning uh, in his first game as a Colt. Andrew Luck's first game as a Colt, they both had a touchdown pass. They both had three interceptions. They both had a little bit over 300 yards. And we just got to see what the supporting cast around him can do this whole time for the rest of the season. And hopefully, you know, if it doesn't end up in a playoff first, it'll end up in a lot of growth. All right. That sounds good. So tell us what else has been going on in the world of sports that you think that we should be taking a look, look at right now? Well, first off, today i got to give mad, mad props to Andy Murray in tennis. He's the first Britain to win a Grand Slam since 1936. It's been 76 years since a Britain has won a Grand Slam tournament in men's tennis, so mad props to him in that regard. Um, we got the NCAA football going on right now, um, USC number two, Alabama number one, and then everybody else is on such a lower level that I don't even want to talk about them. And then the baseball season's coming to an end right now. We got a couple of good pennant races. And I could talk about the, the division leaders right now. We got the Cincinnati Reds and the NL Central. We got the Washington Nationals. We got the San Francisco Giants in the NL. And in the AL, we got the Yankees that are really fighting hard to hold off the Baltimore Orioles. We got the Chicago White Sox in the Central trying to hold off the Detroit Tigers. And in the West, we got the Texas Rangers on top trying to hold off the Oakland Athletics and the Angels of Anaheim. So, Mike, what do you think, uh, what kind of highlights in sports for sports fanatics out there that maybe are real busy and have a lot on their plate? What's some of the things that you look forward to coming up here in the near future in the sports arena? Definitely the uh, the baseball playoffs coming up. It's uh, October here in a little bit. We'll have our teams decided who's going to face off in the playoffs. We should definitely look forward to that because that means more than at the same time NFL is only going to be in like weeks four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. So we should probably check out that baseball first, and then NFL isn't going to end until about late December, early January, and then that's when they get to their playoffs. Okay. And in the baseball arena, do you have any that – any particular teams that you think you'd keep your eye on there for maybe being possibly World Series bound? Well, personally, I am a huge Reds fan, but I know where our competition lies. And right now, the team in the National League that has the most wins is the Washington Nationals. But there's a sleeper team. It's the Chicago White Sox and the AL. They just tend to play the other teams that are on their level. They tend to play them really, really tough. They play their own division teams really tough. They play the Angels and the Rangers tough. 
they're the team to look out for because in a quick, like, five-game series or a seven-game series, they might be able to get it all together and get to where they need to go. Okay. And, and like you, I have to say, I was raised up in southeastern Indiana, and we were more tuned in to being Cincinnati fans than we were Indianapolis fans as well. So I can, I can share your love for the Reds there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in Indianapolis, and I had to choose when I was younger. I had to choose between the Reds and the Cubs, and I definitely chose the Reds. So I follow every game they play, and I just see that it's going to probably be the Reds and the Nationals for the NL pennant to see who goes to the World Series. And just right. for the sake of argument, what is the what's the Reds uh, scoreboard this year? How are they doing this year? Uh, they have 85 wins, I believe, and they're going for 86 tonight. And I believe tonight's game is sitting on about a 3-3 tie going into extra innings. Oh, okay. all right. Let me go in here really quick. Well, we had a caller, but they hung up. Um, but anyways, continue. Okay. Sorry about that. So you'd put your money on keeping a good eye on the White Sox then? I definitely think it could possibly be a Reds and White Sox World Series. That's the one I'm kind of going to go ahead and put my money out there and predict right now, although they're not real money. That's the money I would put out there. <laughs> All right. Okay, look like we can have our caller back. Um, five six zero, call it three one seven five six zero. Do you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening at this point? I'd just like to say on the uh, whole Reds White Sox competition thing. Uh, I ain't down the Reds, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the White Sox thing. Everybody wants to watch out for them. I mean, they're, they're something to be reckoned with. You know, I can't wait to get to the football talk. That's what I'm trying to get into is the football talk. We can talk whatever you want to. Although the reason I talk think the White Sox is because nobody is picking them right now. They always tend to focus on, you know, you got your ESPN focused on the East Coast. You got the West Coast guys focused on the Rangers and the Angels and the A's. But the White Sox, they are the most complete team, I believe. Can we talk football talk? Go for it. I, I got I got a little problem with uh, Indianapolis getting rid of Peyton Manning now. I mean, after seeing Monday night or Sunday night game, I mean, uh, you know, maybe you can call it what you want to call it, but, you know, Peyton looked like Peyton. Peyton showed his magic right there. I mean, his arm looked amazing. I mean, he looks like he has no problems to me. And I'm not doubting Andrew Luck in the future. I mean, you know, he, he probably has a lot coming to him, and he's probably bringing a lot to Indianapolis. But to get rid of somebody – it's probably, you know, arguably the best quarterback ever to play the game. I mean, that was a, a big mistake. You know, I, I do not understand that at all. They should have gave him another chance. He brought everything to Indianapolis. He brought us the championship. I mean, he, he he pretty much brought us that Super Bowl we hosted. I mean, he brought us everything. And to get rid of somebody like him, I don't care his age. I don't care what he, you know, his, his health issues. I mean, Jim Mercer has got to be thinking twice after seeing him play last night. I can't say I disagree with you, but what you have to realize is we, as a Colts, I'm a fan, I'm in Indianapolis, so the Colts gave Peyton Manning $25 million to play nothing. He had no games played last season, and then we were going to pay him another $28 million this season, even though he came off of four surgeries. We didn't have an idea. I mean, it's a business decision. We had to cut that. We had to cut ties, let go. 
And, I, and I, can you, see, I can see both sides of your argument here. I can. And, you know, the thing that I would think is a lot of people in Indianapolis, you know, the general consensus of the public, they didn't want to see Peyton go. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that he had an accident there and his arm was out of, out of commission there for the season. But, you know, and I understand business is business, but, you know, there are a lot of upset people that they, kicked, they got cut him loose. I mean, I'm looking I at loyalty. Say, sorry, I can't say I disagree with you, but I do have to bring up the point that just came out today on Sports Talk Radio because I was listening. The the Bears and Colts game had a 32 share, and then at night the Broncos and Steelers game had a 29 share. So that tells me that more people were trying to see the Colts with Andrew Luck than the Broncos with Peyton Manning. Seneca, okay, do you have anything right. to add to that? You're right about that. You're right. Okay. Um, everybody's going to want to see the, the Colts and Andrew Luck because of the high expectation that Andrew Luck had coming into that game after we played some Peyton Manning. You know, and, and we, nobody nobody really expected Peyton Manning to come out and do what he'd done. I mean, everybody expected him to come out, play okay. He came out and played outstanding. I mean, his arm was like it was here when, I mean, when you know, in his young days. And you could tell by his face now he was playing that, you know, I mean, he's back the way he was. I mean, he's ready to go. I mean, he's, he's, he's roared up, ready to go. You could tell that he took this personally, you know, us not signing him. That gave him fuel on his fire. And now he's going to go on and he's going to do his thing. It ain't going to be one, two, three-year thing. I mean, I, I feel he's going to keep doing this and he's going to keep on going. I mean, he got protected well. I feel, you know, he brought a lot of the plays that he done in Indianapolis. He brought them right to Denver, and you can see that it worked. You know, the, the low receiver outplays. I mean, a quick pass. You know, he did that, scored. You know, he used to bring that here. You know, I, I'm I'm not down Andrew Luck. I know Andrew Luck's a good player. I I will give it to him in the future. He he probably is going to bring a lot to us. But I'm looking at what Jim Mercer should be looking at, Super Bowl immediately type thing. And I feel that we should have signed him back, you know, worked the deal out with him and, you know, Added some more players like we did, went into the draft, got what we had to get, and built, you know, build us a new team around Peyton. I mean, <laughs> nobody well, can argue. The part, I, mean, I, the part I have to cut you out, the part I have to cut you off on, is the fact that you think it's Peyton Manning having a personal vendetta. It's only one game out of 16, and they're hoping 17, 18, and 19 in Denver to get to that Super Bowl. But if you spent any time in Indianapolis listening to Peyton Manning when he's talking, he doesn't care about personal vendettas. There's a hospital still up on the north side with his name on it that says that he doesn't have anything against the city. It's just he's got a new team now. He's got a new jersey. He's got new colors. He's got new traditions that he has to follow, and he's going to follow them. And everybody here knows that Peyton Manning's a winner, and he's going to continue to win no matter where he goes. Okay, you're right, you're right. I agree with that, I agree with that. I mean, I just look at it like, you know, Peyton Manning did not want to leave here. I mean, he did not want to leave this city. You know, I mean, you could tell when he when he had to leave the press conference he gave, he had tears. I mean, he wanted to stay here. I mean, I just felt but, like... Jim but as a, business deci- as a business decision, Jim Mersey had to make that choice. He had to take the new next guy coming along as opposed to the man who might be hurt, his career may be over. It's a lot of maybes here, but I'm good. I'm I'm glad Peyton's doing good through one game. He took some hard hits. He showed that his neck is pretty solid. 
but let's see the rest of the season. But we can't worry about that. That's a lot of ifs. We need to worry about, if you're a Colts fan, we need to worry about Andrew Luck's progression and how he does against his schedule. Wow. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, let me jump in here. Like, the way I feel about it is, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge sports fan or fanatic, but I kind of can see both sides of the issue as well because, um, like you said, we're dealing with a person that has brought a lot of um, national attention to Indianapolis, and he he was majorly, mainly the reason why they went ahead and, and built that new Lucas Oil Stadium, and why why we had national attention shined on our city for this uh, Super Bowl and stuff like that. We can't forget our past, but uh, like like Mike said, like you know. We got to kind of focus on, you know, this already didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So we have to kind of focus on what we currently have before us and kind of making the team and, and kind of keeping that legacy going. But I will say that um, he was a reason why we Indianapolis has – yeah, we're having a few technical difficulties tonight. We are working through those. <laughs> hey, Mike Snyder, can you hear me? Yes, yes, go ahead. All right, sorry, uh, Seneca, I think I had technical difficulties with his phone. But I, I just wanted to thank everybody who's called in to talk to me about sports. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate being a part of Seneca's show here tonight. Um, I'm ready to take anybody else's questions that uh, want to have any. Well, I got one for you. What uh, of all the sports out there? What's the one that you think that, or let's narrow it down to two? Because I've talked to you before, I've met you before. What's your probably two favorite that you've really got a, your strongest backgrounds in? Definitely NFL, based on uh, the fact I've been a Colts fan most of my life in terms of watching Peyton Manning. In town, he brought us a Super Bowl in 2007, and I just think that NFL is number one, and right now, Major League Baseball is number two because huge Reds fan. I'm going to send that out there, too, and I think they're the best team in baseball right now. There's a couple other teams that are close. I think the Nationals are on the same level, but right now, this season, watching them play, watching all the special stuff that happens in late innings, you just feel that this is probably the time for the Reds. So would you say then that your two best and most preferred sports are probably then baseball and football? Yep. And then basketball comes in season here soon because it's out of season right now, but I definitely have a few nuggets on that too. But right now it's definitely football and baseball because they're both. When we get about to March, I might be able to talk basketball with you there. When we get up to March, I'm more of a college ball guy myself, but I'm with you there. In fact, I'm a huge IU fan, and I we're going to be preseason number one. Those IU Hoosiers, I keep saying we because I went to IU, I went to college there. I got to stop saying we. I got to separate myself from it. But (laughs) they're going to be the number one team in the country preseason. Well, I, I think you're probably pretty close to being right on that. I do. I also happen to be an IU fan. I try to make it over to Bloomington for a couple of games a year. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Now, we talk college. It gets about March. I, I can actually contribute a little bit to that on there when we get into March. But, 
All right, Seneca. Are you make sure you play your office pools and your brackets, and everybody has fun. And uh, remember, don't have to put real money up; just put your confidence up. Yeah, Seneca, are you back with us? He's trying over here. I see him on the phone. Okay. Um, so uh, well, let's go. Let's go into some movies here right now. Uh, a lot of summer good movies that came out. Um, I probably didn't make it out to see a lot of Dark Knight Rises. Man, I've watched the whole series, and if you do, if you ever get a chance, watch Batman Begins, watch the Dark Knight back to back, and then go see Dark Knight Rises in IMAX. Because they're not like the Batman movies that you know before. They're not like the Michael Keaton's and the Val Kilmer's or anything like that. They're just out there. They're uh, it's Christopher Nolan. He did Memento, I believe, and I think he did. Uh, what was the other one? The one the flipping the, the tragedy that the, occurred at the that, theater. Do you think that that hurt the success of the movie in any way? I don't think it did. I think what hurt the success is the just everybody thought that, oh, this is all tired and this is all done. I mean, I don't think people – yeah, the the tragedy in Colorado, that was uh, – just the fact that it was associated with this because it happened at that movie, I don't know. It's, it's, it's shame on those folks. That's how I see it. Yeah. And, you know, I understand, you know, it could have easily been – I understand it could have easily been, say, a Disney movie, or it could have been any movie out there. But you know, the fact it did happen on this particular type movie, I don't know. I I thought at first that maybe it was going to hurt the success of the movie, or overshadow it in such a fashion that maybe it would not get a fair shot. I guess, but all in all, it seems it stayed number one for quite a while, didn't it? I believe it did. It's uh, definitely going to be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Although The Dark Knight, that'll always stay on top based on Heath Ledger, it being his last role, and it being one of the best roles I've ever seen in my life. Now, okay, so if we're going to, since you mentioned that, I'm going to have to ask, which Joker did you like better? Oh, Heath Ledger, without a doubt. Really? Uh, without a doubt. He put. He puts so much of himself into that that it just, I mean, if you read the stories, there's stories out there that tells you how he prepared for that role, and he basically, he lived as the Joker for about two or three months, just on his own, talking to people like he was the Joker. Dedication like that, I mean, at the time, I think uh, Jack Nicholson was making other movies, so I don't think he had the same dedication to mm. his role. Well, I don't know, I and I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. I think that basically if you look at Jack Nicholson and you look at how he is, and he's usually typecast due to his eccentric behavior, but I think that personally Nicholson, I think for the time, at the time that it came out, I think he was probably the best one you could have put in there. And the reason at I want to say at that the is... At time, without a doubt, yeah. It, it, the reason I want to go and say that is, if you look at... You know, this is still when Batman was trying trying to become, I guess, dare I say, modernized into the 21st century. You know, the only thing we had had to look really prominently 
with any relevance prior to that was a 1960s TV show that was real popular and maybe some Batman cartoons or something out there. And, you know, I think Jack Nicholson's role was probably the best thing that they could had to bring an old school meets new school kind of thing. You know, now Heath Ledger's, his contribution was definitely much more contemporary, I believe. I really do think that it was a very, a much more contemporary Joker. But Nicholson, yeah, I think he'd done a good job on bridging the gap between old school and trying to make it a little new school. But And on that same tip, I will give you credit for bringing old school to new school. But the villain in this newest Batman, Dark Knight Rises, is Bane. And the last time anybody heard about Bane was in the mid-90s. I mean, that's when he first appeared in the comics, and nobody knew who Bane was. We got Seneca back online, I believe. Seneca, who's your favorite Batman character or villain of all time? I don't really have... I'm, I was gonna be honest with you. I've never really, I mean, I've watched the Batman movies come up. I don't really have a favorite villain, but I, from what I've heard, the it, it's kind of different. Like with this newer one, like as far as the villains are concerned, like um, it's not like your traditional Joker villain. Villain, I, I, I haven't seen the movie myself to even comment, so I don't know. So, uh, what were we, what were we up to next? Anyways, um, what we want to talk about, I want to continue on that topic um, of, um, let me see, Uh, hold on, before I get to that, I think uh, one of my colleagues informed me on Facebook that they've been having trouble getting in, like um, that one of our colleagues that were just on the air, and um, if any of you, like other people been having problems, please let me know because we're supposed to have a special guest tonight. So send me a message on, on Facebook if at all possible, and I will um, handle that situation because I'm really not thinking about just doing a. We're going to probably keep this broadcast, but I'm going to do a rebroadcast of this because there were some things that I wanted to discuss. Uh, I don't know what your schedule is like for the rest of this week, Michael, but I think I, we've had so many technical issues tonight that I think I just want to do a whole broadcast and we do this again. Yeah. You think that's a good idea? Yeah, I think that's probably best. Yeah. I I mean, I do kind of want to finish out the show. we got 24 minutes left. If anybody does want to call in, but, yeah. Um, Getting back on what we were discussing earlier about the um, entire Democratic and um, Republican national conventions that took place in the past couple weeks, yeah. What were some of the key things that you you saw that on both sides? Because I, I want to kind of like be critical on both sides and kind of give um, praise on both sides too. You know, I want to be balanced. What are some things that you think that both parties can work on going forward mm-hmm. in this um, election season? Well, I think that as far as on the Republican side, uh. If I was going to be much more critical of them, it probably would have to be their party's platform. Uh, Their party's platform, I think they just need to tone it down a bit. You know, all of us can appreciate family values. That's great. That's wonderful. But, you know, their rhetoric on 
I don't know. I almost get the feeling that they really are shutting out. Maybe un- I'm going to hope it's unintentional. I think they're unintentionally shutting out a lot of people. You know, they're trying to have like a Ward and June Cleaver model of, you know, their candidacy and everything that's going up there. And not that there's anything wrong with Ward and June Cleaver, but that doesn't really fit a lot of the reflection of society today. You know, Ward and June Cleaver, they're nice, they're wholesome, that's great, but it's not... It's just not a reality for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. that would and be I'm one so, of my heavy criticisms. So with that, because we got to kind of look at the family dynamic today. We got to look at things from a modern point of view. Like mm-hmm. we do not have a lot of families are not don't fit that traditional, like you said, you know, that that particular that that format. Like we have a lot of single parent homes. We have same sex couples home, homes. We have, like, people – it's just – it's a lot of – we have a lot of grandparents that are raising yes. children now. And, and we ha- we can't look at everybody's circumstance as a one-size-fits-all. Right. You and, you know, at heart, are they probably good people with good intentions? They probably are. I would like to hope that they are. But mm-hmm. I just think that they're a little bit – I don't know, too holier than thou, I guess. Exactly is the impression that I'm getting, you know, and that's just me. Cause I mean, you know, if you want to be warden June Cleaver, that's great. You know, I hope you can afford to do it and I hope your life is just that good, but not everybody else is just that damn perfect, I guess. <laughs> and that's kind of the way I see that the platform is too on this side, you know, now if I'm going to be more critical of the Democrat side, you know, I can be critical of that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I realize that politicians, of course, are going to put their best foot forward. And you would want to. You know, nobody would want to vote for a politician that looks like a complete nutcase. You know, I understand that. <laughs> but on the Democrat side, the Democrats have had a long history. Of needing to be a little bit more fiscally responsible. Now, in address in addressing that, I will say that their fiscal responsibility—it's a matter of perspective. Because if you're going to subscribe by a Republican way, maybe you see them as not fiscally responsible. However, fiscally responsible in a Democratic view. The Republican version is fiscally irresponsible. So it's a matter of what you want to say, but I, I tend to lean more of what I'd call a blue dog Democrat. Mm-hmm. So I can't explain what that means. A Democrat uh, platform, a dem- more Democratic values of as far as platform ideology goes. However, on the con- on the fiscal side of things, I tend to be – a little bit on the right side instead of if you want to use the cliche of right or left i'm a little bit on the right i'm a little bit more fiscally hold conservative up. yeah I tend to be more can fiscally you conservative hold however hold, 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 hold that comment like hold it we got a new we got another caller that just called in um 
Um, caller 317-450, do you have a question or a comment, or are you just listening at this point? You there, caller? 450-4807, you just listening? Yes, just okay. listening. Okay, then. We just want to thank you for uh, calling in today. But uh, like I said, getting back to what you were saying, yeah, I, I understand that, and I really um, want to uh, – I'm working on getting somebody in on the next couple of weeks as far as the Libertarian Party is concerned because mm-hmm. from what I've gathered and what from what I, the people that, the few people that I've known that are a part of that party, they're socially, they're more liberal, but um, as far as politics are concerned, they're more um, kind of like socially – I mean, they're more – on the Republican side as far as, like, uh, monetarily. So, yeah. And, you know, when we talk national politics, you know, you're going to pretty much see Democrat-Republican. That's what you're going to see. But some of these other parties, such as Libertarian Party, you know, it pays people to learn a little bit, you know, about this because on your more state and local, especially on your local levels, you know, as you know, I'm a Democrat. However, I know some very good Republican candidates here on my local level that I would that I vote for. You know, so See, and I, I want people as we go into this election season, not seasoning, Lord have mercy, I'm thinking about some damn chicken or something seasoning. <laughs> no, but I mean, as, as we go into this new season, lemon pepper. Are you there? I think we lost Seneca's microphone here for a second. Uh, hopefully he'll get back with us here in just a moment. Oh, we lost Seneca, huh? Um but no, like he was saying, you know, moving into this election, you know, and the biggest thing that people really, you know, it's proven time and time again that presidential elections are the biggest years for turnouts. You know, and if it's not a presidential election year, you have fewer voter turnouts, it seems like. So, but let's not forget, you know, yeah, we are going to talk a lot on the national level. We are going to discuss a lot of the presidential politics and okay. – are you back with okay, us? Okay, I'm back, y'all. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't. I don't know what's going on tonight with this phone. Um, as far as I was saying, I think as we go into this election season, I think that we need to be very responsible as far as our vote is concerned, and not just take um, our vote, our vote for light. I mean, for you know for what I mean. Man. Like we need to know, be educated on who we're voting for and our local representatives. And, um, like, don't just go in voting for a straight-ticket Democrat or a straight-ticket Republican because not all Republicans and all Democrats are um, out here for your best interest. So, and I think that we, a lot of people vote based on, you know, what their parents voted on. It's simple like that. You need to kind of go vote for the people that best fit your lifestyle and what you stand for as an individual. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. Right, right. So, how do you feel about that, Michael? I feel that uh, you really shouldn't be partisan in anything. You should always be open to what the other side has to say, and then you take into account what they say, think about it, and then see how that relates to your argument. And then that way you can definitely be more well-rounded in terms of your argument. Yeah, and that's a good point to make, especially when looking at candidates. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I kind of feel like that. Um, hey guys, I'm gonna go to a quick break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna conclude this show. Um, I have to check on something real quick, and we're gonna get back here in about two minutes, and we're going to wrap up the rest of this show. Remember? 
We are back, and um, we're going to wrap up the rest of this show. we got 10 minutes left, but we can still talk after this. But I think I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is just do a rebroadcast of this show, and I'm going to take you know take what I can off this show and put it on YouTube. But uh, I think I'm going to definitely do a rebroadcast of this show. This had, did not turn out the way I thought it would be, you know. So I'm just going to keep it real, you know what I'm saying. So I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Michael? Uh, no, I, I think flashing back over some of the stuff we had talked about prior to this, you know. Oh, one of the things, and speaking of the election stuff and politics, I will say that one thing that Seneca and I have talked about is uh, voter registration and polling places. Now, obviously we can't do – individual polling places because we do cover quite a bit of broad territory but and i think possibly the next show if we get a chance uh Seneca and i are going to talk a little bit about voter registration what your deadline is for that mm-hmm. and different ways that you can go to register to vote exactly okay yeah and that too um because a lot of people need to know about that because i know here in the metropolitan area like Indianapolis, I know a lot of changes have been made, and as far as like voter ID and stuff like this is concerned, yeah. like um, ID laws, you need to definitely know that, um, know your registration deadlines because uh, it, it's just a lot that people need to be educated on. And um, you know, I, and as far as like the Republican, this is a little something, you know, humorous. I wanted to throw in here, and we'll have more details on it the next show about. The app grinder, huh. Michael. You, you you know about that app. Don't play stupid now. <laughs> well, for those people out there that don't know what grinder is, mm-hmm. grinder is a app that you can get on many Apple products, such as iPhones, uh, iPads, Apple products like that. Or it's also available on Android for Android smartphones. I think you might be able to get it on tablets as well. I'm not sure. (laughs) It is mainly a gay social app. Wouldn't you say that's the polite term for it? Yeah, that's the politically correct and polite um, term for that. Um, A gay social app where gentlemen meet and talk about various um, enlightening and um, um, blessed experience topics. I'm sorry, I'm the straight one on this broadcast, and uh, isn't more politically correct alternative lifestyle as opposed to gay? Um, Basically, the app is GPS-based hookup. If you want to get really down to it. <laughs> okay, exactly. Now, what that this is significant because during the the well the RNC, the Republican National Convention in down in Tampa, they said that the app was so much on fire, it was it was like just off the hook that it just it, it almost shut down. Almost fried the servers or something, didn't it? it kind of overloaded the we servers. Have, oh no, we we, we let go. Oop. 
I think we lost Seneca again. Um, but yes, yeah, the I'm here though. Go ahead, talk. I'm listening. We to had you. A, he and I had discussed this. It was evidently during the Republican National Convention, which, for those of you who pay attention, the Republican platform is notoriously anti-gay. Yes, um, indeed, and they're also positive guns. But go ahead, the anti-gay. Well, yeah, the uh, they're notoriously known for being anti-gay, and this Grinder app talked about an absolute boom in Tampa during the RNC con- Republican National Convention. And I find that kind of humorous because we, we've seen some good politicians, one in Indianapolis not too long ago that got in some trouble, uh, picking up an escort or something to that effect. And... Mm-hmm. We just I found that as Seneca was telling me about finding the article on that, and I found that rather humorous because for a platform that seems to be notoriously anti-gay, somebody's smartphones must have surely been blooming down there. <laughs> I said, well, I know there's plenty of um, residue and evidence on those smartphones. But we can go I'm back sure that there is. I, we can go back and take take a Q-tip and do a Q-tip analysis on that and see what 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 were you swiping on and what was swiping across that screen. You kind of wonder. Mm-hmm. I got some you know, things up in that that Warden June Cleaver didn't think about. <laughs> girl, you know, you know she was a clean freak too, honey. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, like I said. You know, I said, you know, they got away for the weekend, honey. They, you know, do you think a lot of their wives and things went with them out of town? Well, they, leave them home. <clears throat> they were going to do their civic duty. Something like that. <laughs> they were doing some duties, but I don't think it was civic duties, honey. Because that app, I, I would hate to go back and see what kind of things and conversations were taking place on that app. Yeah, it'd be interesting. How many, face, well, how many faceless pics were being sent from that app? Yeah, it'd be real interesting to see uh, hotel security footage, too. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Yeah, who's that you're coming in, the, in here at 2 o'clock in the morning with? Oh, I don't think they're a member of your delicate convention. Honey, you, you know what? We're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. That little young boy he came in with, that one, one of them, yeah, they probably came in with their son. They were trying to take their son to the convention and teach him the ways of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, your son looked like he just walked off of a drag floor. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. Just saying. <laughs> We we did we need to get to the bottom of this because we can't be having grinders like crash because I, I just I just don't believe that the Republicans could have nothing to do with that. Like we need to get to the bottom of this situation. Yeah. I'm sure I, mean, it I was just can't believe that, that party I, I just don't believe it. Not not, you know, conservative as they are and Christian based as they are, I mean they could have absolutely nothing to do with that, right? Right, right, absolutely. After all, the party does not endorse such things. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not They're at too sexy for their shirts. Too sexy oh, for their shirts. I don't shirts. know about so that. sexy it hurts. Uh, but, uh, wow. 
Yeah, I think they. Uh, but that was an interesting article that I, I, when Senek and I talked about, I thought that would be a good one to bring up on the show. Um, uh, we ain't going we ain't letting that go. We gonna get back on this when we do the rebroadcast of this show. Yeah. Well, look, are we about out of time? Yeah, it's about two minutes. Um, yeah, less than two minutes left. So we might put. Okay. Well, what do we have this up on the next show that we're working on? Well, what we're working on next show is um, we're going to try to get our special guest back on, um, Andrea Ishman. And um, we're going to be talking about certain things such as um, the Libertarian Party, what are they about. Okay. We're going to be talking about the Indiana um, employment laws and what does at-will state really mean. Okay. And also we're going to be talking about – how you can prepare for the election, uh, what you need to know, like we kind of touched on that now, where you can go to get information on your polling places. Um, also, I wanted to talk about um, coming up on the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about um, – uh, I lost my place. Uh, As I say before we get disconnected, uh, you read Mike on Twitter. It's been great talking to you guys, Seneca. Love you. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, like I, huh? I said okay. We'll take care. Yeah, take care. Um, we're going to be talking about objectivity in the media too. That's 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 I was looking. For. But anyways, this is Seneca Harris and Michael Snyder and Michael Hill um, signing off. Um, we'll probably be back. I don't know. I'm. I want to probably do a retaping later on this week. We'll let you know about that. So just keep 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 us locked in, and we'll send you out more information about that. And uh, we will talk to you soon.